No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Hello there. This is Duncan Fisher speaking to you from Outreach Studios. I know the best of the best when it comes to mech warriors on Solaris. And do you know who they talk about when it comes to digging your ass out of the fire when the shit hits the fan? Armed. The Australasian Royal Mechanized Division. These guys have been slugging it out since Gallipoli 1915. Only now they do it with a mech and a heavy Gauss rifle. So if you need to call in reinforcements to get the job done, or simply hire someone for some good old-fashioned payback, call on the professional team at ARM. They'll set the odds in your favor. For contracts and recruiting, turn your terminals to www.armed.net.au. That's spelt armd.net.au. And remember, if you need to get even, get armed. Listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the Outreach Studios around the world, this is a No Guts No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 58. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. It is January 30th, 2013. And well, my shout out, it's going to go to the Stig of MechWarrior Online. Yes, the Stig. We appreciate you and everything you do. My shout out, and hello, this is Darren, also known as Bombadil, goes to 50 years of 007. In celebration, I am starting over from the beginning and making my way through the early and sometimes painful Bond films. I am up to uh, the man with the golden gun. See, I'm not a big follower of 007. Did you watch Skyfall? No, that's I've actually I do like the new ones. I haven't seen it. Get on that, dude! Come on. What is wrong with you? It's already out out of the theaters. I have to wait. Bread boxes. That's why. (sighs) All right, Brandon. Who do we got tonight? Hello, this is Brandon, also known as Patrick Hell, and tonight my shout out goes to Anon Tech, uh, host of Mech Engineer Quest. You'll have to fill me in on that, Greg. I want to give a shout out to uh, Guy Brand. He's the CEO of We Love Fine. I just had occasion to talk to him the other day. He's actually super nice. So if you want t-shirts of things like Transformers or Star Wars or My Little Pony, hey, go to www.welovefine.com. All right, welcome to all of our live studio audience. We actually have quite a crowd. Uh, right now, we've got over 70, and they keep rolling in. I know that it's the later time zone, so that fits you guys a little bit better. Well, at least on the West Coast, that is. And, of course, to all of our new listeners out there, appreciate you tuning in, and hopefully you enjoy this podcast as much as we will. And we ask, if you have the ability, go to our website right now. If you're listening or if you're in the live studio audience, go to the right side of the website. There's a tip jar. Hey, if you like what we're doing, if you want to support us, just go ahead and drop us a tip. We'd appreciate that. Hey, Phil, if you were going to do some shopping on Amazon.com, what would you do first? Well, first, I'd go to our website, and on the right side, you'll see an Amazon link. You can click on that, 
and it basically kicks back through our affiliate program we have. It doesn't add anything to your cost, but it, like I said, it supports us. So if you can do that, that'd be like super awesome. At least that's what I would do. All right, it is time for the No Guts, No Galaxy News, founded in 2011, reporting in 3050. And now for the news. Duncan Fisher here. You know, some of the best pilots were born from the Solaris Arena, and now you can hire them. A new mercenary corporation, Korg, was founded by three of the Solaris Games champions. Do you have a mission that has no option for failure? Are you a veteran wanting to fight alongside the best? Then you should turn your Comstar terminals to www.teamcord.com today. If you can survive the training, you might live long enough to fight in some of the most elite lances in the inner sphere. If you have not already, check out the latest videos at No Guts, No Galaxy TV on YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe. Phil, what do we have there right now? What's the latest videos? The ride-along with the 4P. Yep, I did it. Excellent. That is a fun mech. So go check that out. Are you looking for more members for your Battletech or MechWarrior unit? Advertise with NGNG today and reach thousands of potential recruits. For your own unit ad, head over to our website and check out the Support NGNG page for more information. You know, your unit can never be too big, people. Cockpit. Is your unit looking for voice comms or just a place to hang out and chat with other Battletech and MechWarrior fans? If so, get set up on the No Guts, No Galaxy Outreach TeamSpeak 3 server today. Server information is located on our website. Once you're logged in, contact Sean Lang, Phil here, and get set up. This week in the international listener list, we have a little trading of places. Number five, down one, Singapore. Number four, up one, Russia. Number three, Germany. Number two, Canada. Number one, Australia. Those uh, three are holding strong. The new critical hits went live on Monday, titled Hero Mechs. I like. What do you guys think? Mustaches for everyone. I want them in MechWare Online. Top hats. How about, ooh, how about a suit? Like a penguin suit. I think that would have been appropriate. Yes. Why am I thinking Monopoly? I don't know. I don't know. James Bond centurion figurine for my totally huh cockpit. the, the yep. question is who's sense girl he has many so I'm check it out be paused saying the obligatory no we can't have all that we have to get all the other things fixed in the game first balance and ECM and blah 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 okay that's all thanks George so be sure to check out critical hits number 15 hero mechs and this week in Community Spotlight, uh, I, I know we mentioned a couple weeks ago that uh, Phil and myself were being interviewed for GameSpot.com. That actually went live, so somebody will link it here and I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, decent interview, a little kind of sound problems here and there, but uh, Phil and I like to talk and hopefully you like to listen. Second Community Spotlight is Stingray. This is uh, an MWO Merc campaign. Uh, Phil, you want to fill me in on this? Well, I think Brandon is more knowledgeable than I am, but I know Stingray approached me about this. Uh, House Merrick is doing a campaign, and actually they're doing multiple things. They actually hopped on our TS3 earlier in the week and uh, took over some of the drop ships and just had fun, random chaos drops where they basically launch all at the same time. And if you're in a So you're saying match, Outreach was invaded by House Merrick? It was awesome. But uh, Brandon, do you have more info on this? Uh, basically, what it is, it's uh, House Merrick is hosting a series of campaigns lasting uh, each round in the campaign is going to be about a week. Uh, I think it's about 11, 11 days, so it's just a little over a week. Five turns, so it's going to be about roughly, at most, probably two months. Just 
I'm not sure I've really had to explain. It's just going to be a lot of fun. If you are interested in doing competitive eight-man drops, it's all going to be sync dropped. Check it out. It's a tournament, folks. What more can we say? I mean, it's going to be fun and awesome. I know Aces is representing, and uh, I hope your units are as well. Send your community spotlight submissions to spotlight at nogutsnogalaxy.net. And I will say, I know a lot of these things we ask for your guys' feedback, but we really do you know, like your feedback. If you see something out there that you think needs a spotlight, send it to us. Uh, even if I, I have a lot of people send me it to me personally, and that's fine because I'll usually plug it in. Um, if you have ideas for comics, send them to short painter at nogutsmangalaxy.net as well. Um, you know, if you see something out there or if you have an idea, make sure to send it our way. We have no problem. Except for Alex. Don't send stuff to Alex. He has a problem with everyone. He's angry. Are you playing a tabletop game in your area and looking for more players, or do you want to start one like I do? If so, we'd love to announce it for you for free. Email us at localgames at nogutsnogalaxy.net with your info, and don't forget to send us your pictures or it didn't happen. Uh, by the way, pictures. I know a lot of you have got t-shirts out there. Post the doom picture. Actually, you can send them to me, Sean Lang at nogutsnogalaxy.net. Let me know if you want to be posted, so if you don't, it's no biggie. He'll assume the naked ones do. Yes. And finally, funding for this podcast is brought to you by you. This is a listener-supported podcast, and your donations keep us on the air and pay for such things as hosting, TeamSpeak 3, equipment, software prizes, and other projects. And man, do we have a lot of other projects right now. So check out our tip jar on the right side of the website, uh, podcast unit ads, George Ledoux and B.B. Wolf recorded messages and ads, and so forth. Check it out. And that is the news, Phil. I'd like to welcome... Randall Bills again to our show. Last time he was on was October 31st for our one-year anniversary, and we are proud to announce he's back on the show. Welcome, Randall. Again, thank you for being here. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. We had you scheduled for a few weeks ago, and then you you almost died on us. I'm glad you didn't, and I'm glad you're okay. So I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty good plague moment uh, throughout the house, but uh, we're all good now. Yeah, rumor has it it was like throughout the country, and it's still not over. So the Actually, world. The, the, the really funny thing is uh, watching the news with my son. I think last week, and they showed that there was uh, basically epidemic levels of the flu in every state but Kentucky. So I was wondering what they were doing down there in Kentucky, like running people out on roads, or you know, burning Whiskey. down towns, or you know, what was it that was keeping them safe? Whiskey. I think that's appropriate. <laughs> So, of course, Randall comes to us from Catalyst Game Labs, and we got the link there in chat. Randall, is there anything new going on with Catalyst uh, to do with Battletech or not? What are you working on? Well, I'm always uh, working on something when it uh, comes to Battletech. Uh, Actually, a lot of uh, my primary time over this last month or so has actually been uh, on Shadowrun. Um, We announced on December 21st, kind of like the year of Shadowrun. Um, which was going to include, <clears throat> we have a Shadowrun 5th Edition coming, we have a Crossfire, which is a deck building game uh, that we're doing in conjunction with Crossfire. Um, there's uh, Sprawl Gangers, uh, which is a miniatures game that we're working on. Uh, so there's been a lot of marketing that we've been doing on that, and then I'm doing some of the primary design work on the Sprawl Gangers, which is a Shadowrun miniatures game. Uh, in fact, we just announced... I think about 24 hours ago, we just announced that, uh, you know, if anyone wanted to come on and um, 
try to do playtesting on that Sprawl Gangers or Shutter and Miniatures game, you know, send us a proposal of why you think it is, and we just got hammered <laughs> with how many people want to be involved. So that's that's kind of been my my primary focus the last little bit. Speaking of Shadowrun, um, hasn't there been there's like two actual computer games in development? Is that is that correct? I, th- I know the one uh, with um, Jordan Wiseman. He did the Kickstarter and everything was funded, um, but wasn't there another one as well? Yeah, there's a, uh, as you said, two of them. The first one was with uh, Jordan, uh, Shadowrun Returns, um, which is going to be kind of a top-down, turn-based um, style game, a throwback to the Shadowrun uh, NES game that was done. Uh, and that, yeah, that was wildly funded. It's like $1.8 million on Kickstarter. Uh, and we've been, uh, we actually just, I was on the phone with him about two hours ago, <laughs> um, talking about some of the things that we're working, you know, kind of working on with them on that project. And then the other one is uh, Shadowrun Onlines. Uh, Jan and his crew from Cliffhanger Productions are actually out of, uh, see, now I'm going to insult them. They're either out of Germany or Austria. I can't remember. One of the two. Um, but uh, so they're doing kind of a more of an MMO experience. And they're really cool. With that one is is unlike Shutter and Returns, which is set more 2054, kind of towards the beginning of where the Shutter and setting existed when it was published 20 years ago. Uh, Shadowrun Online will be set in the current timeline as we're rolling out Shadowrun 5th Edition, and we're actually going to be syncing it up so that as you're playing through online and you know basically unfolding the plots and and so on that are occurring within the universe that a lot of that then is going to be able to be filtered down into what we're doing in the game itself so lots of really cool cross promotion there i think um the jordan wiseman's uh, game i think the the turn-based i think it's a lot like xcom sort of style where it's turn-based and yeah for those who aren't familiar with xcom uh it's it's a really fun game and it's anyways that's how i sort of envision it oh it, it is it is in fact i was just uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago I was down there, they walked me through one of the little sessions that they had, or one of the uh, small mission that they had set up uh, and it very much had that XCOM vibe so it's very cool So what is going on with Battletech? I know you had some uh, recent uh, updates to the in- Interstellar operations What you got going on? Well, uh, fortunately, (laughs) so for those who aren't aware, Interstellar Operations is the final core rulebook for uh, Battletech. And and, uh, I hate to say this out loud, but many, many, many years ago when Lauren and I were first envisioning this new line of core rulebooks that would all be full color and expand on the rules in ways we'd never done before and all be unified and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we, we called it the year of hardbacks. <laughs> and uh, literally in the back of our heads, we're thinking, oh, we can do this in a year and, you know, get them out there and it'll all be good. And, you know, many, many years later, <laughs> uh, we're, we're still working on them. And part of them is, you know, it's just that, you know, almost 30 year legacy now uh, of a universe of rules, uh, trying to fit those all in. Uh, and so each of the previous rule books, you know, I get a lot of guys that talk about, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe how giant they are. And part of that is just this desire to try to make them as um, usable as possible to also have what I like to, you know, kind of a plug and play, um, you know, for all those who've been playing long enough, if you remember Maximum Tech or even back to the 
you know, make you wince tactical handbook. Mm. Uh, the rules in there plugged in slightly, but then they didn't have any correlation to, okay, if I put this rule in, what does that then do to all these other rules? Uh, I had a question. I mean, yeah. as far as the tabletop is concerned, if, if you're just a... If you're just a regular tabletop player, say you get into it, where where does Interstellar fit in? Like into the grand scheme of things, like why, if I'm a Battletech player, why would I use it and when would I use this if I got Interstellar? Like what, what's the benefit of it? Well, it, it actually at the tail end. So in other words, what we did is we created a pyramid and the introductory box set is at the very tip. And then you you get into it. You start reading about the universe. You're tossing dice. Did you like what you played? Did you like what you enjoyed? And if you did, then okay, now it's time to go into Total Warfare, which is the first of the these core rule books, these hardback books, and introduces the clans, introduces you know aerospace fighters and dropships and infantry and you know all these other uh, military units to create a. Uh, you know, allow you to do combined arms type of combat. And then, okay, well, did you like that? And you still want more, you know? Okay, well then, you yes, know, let's please. move on. <laughs> let's move on to the tech manual where you can start designing all your stuff. Well, do you still want more? Okay, well, then we got, you know, tactical operations, which deals with, you know, you're still down on a planet and you're still on your tabletop, but it introduces you know, crazy amounts of new technology and weather conditions and terrain and just all this other uh, artillery, minefields, you know, you name it. And, you know, as, as I like to joke, you know, we got a rule for that. Uh, then after that, you know, again, are you still loving it? Are you still wanting more? Well, then you balloon up from a planet up to a solar system. And that's where strategic operations comes in. And that gives rules both for, you know, you just jumped in system and now I got to fly all the way down to the planet and I got to fight through, you know, aerospace screening runs and all of that and get down to the planet. There's rules for um, campaign plays. You're linking multiple campaigns together. Uh, and then there's the, the first of what I call the, the staging rules, which is at that point you're getting so big that using the standard gameplay rules just totally breaks down. Uh, you know, many, uh, many infinite moons ago, I played like a reinforced battalion against a reinforced or no, a reinforced regiment on a reinforced regiment. So it was literally 25 maps, 150 minis on a side. Took us like three and a half months to finish the dang thing. Uh, most people, you know, even if they want to play like that, just can't do that. And so then we introduced Battle Force, which is a must, much faster way of playing. And so then the last one, which is one that I've been working on for <laughs> far too long, it seems like, is Interstellar Operations, which is, I love this universe so much that I just can't get enough of it. And I want to be a con of a clan, or I want to be a house leader, and I want to build up all my armies, and I want them marching, and I want to conquer multiple um, systems, and, you know, basically I want Risk done way cooler, or I want, you know, Twilight Imperium-esque um, style of universe conquest and so that's the the ultimate goal of interstellar operations is to then be this capstone on all these other levels and styles of play uh, as well as including some staging rules that allow you to then play at any level you want and kind of re-plug it back in however you want and so i love this universe so much i want it like all of it <laughs> 
Well, part of why it has taken so long is obviously, you know, I wear a lot of hats with Catalyst. I'm, I'm you know, just very honest. I'm not able to devote uh, 24-7 to working on any given product. Um, even that aside, what we're trying to do in Interstellar Ops has never been done before. So, you know, tactical operations, even strategic operations, there have been a lot of attempts over the years to do those styles of rules before. Uh, but what we're trying to encompass and the, the fluidity that we're trying to create within the rules that allow you to switch between all these different levels, it's never really been done. And so that's, that's part of why it's just taking so long is I know that, you know, people are impatient. I know the fans want it. But at the same time, you know, this is the last hurrah. This is the last chance to do it right. Uh, and so we want to make sure that when it comes out, that everyone puts it on the shelf next to all of their other books. And they're thinking as they're playing, like, yes, this is everything I've ever wanted. You know, I've been playing, you know, whether you've been playing Baltic for five weeks or you've been playing for, you know, 25 years, you're thinking, yes, this is everything I've ever wanted. Everything just scales from the tabletop, like, like you were saying that. All right, I'm gonna do just a you know four on four match with against my buddy, and then twelve on twelve. But then, as you go larger and larger, it taking longer because of you know obviously the nuances of the game. Basically, you go to these new rule books that basically help you consolidate. Okay, well if you're doing regiment on regiment combat, if you follow these rules in um, the base of the playbooks and stuff, that it, it goes quicker, you know, like instead of it just being uh, individual mechs, it turns it into lances and companies and then regiments. And then, so that's what you're sort of doing with the interstellar. Yes, exactly. Oh, awesome. Is it just me or does anybody else feel like they want to buy some minis and some new dice and get a campaign going? I have so many minis at home in my house. And ever since the two playing partners that I had, we each went our separate ways. One guy moved out to the West coast Another guy moved to Delaware. I have not played a game of Battletech with my miniatures in easily four to five years, and I miss it so much. Well, drive on out to California, man. I'm ready. I was going to say there's actually a armored uh, chest um, gaming shop about a mile and a half down the road. I've stopped by there a few times, talked to a few people. They don't have a huge Battletech presence, but... Um, they do have an occasional group come in and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to leave my info here, you know, pass it on. Still haven't heard anything, but, you know. I think uh, the, the crew should all drive up to uh, the Northwest and, and play a game with Randall and make that a podcast, eh? Uh, <laughs> hey, I'd love fun. it. I got, a, I got a nice gaming table right beside me. Now, it, it may have uh, <coughs> Dust Warfare on it right now, but, it, you know, easily can have Battletech on it. There you go. Well, so, if there's any groups in, in Philadelphia or comic shops in Philadelphia that are doing their thing, uh, mail us, contact the show. I would love to show up. Yeah, that would be definitely awesome. I know I've had a few people touch base with me already, and I'm trying to work on something behind the scenes. So, and again, uh, you know, uh, anytime you guys have events going on, if you want to play with someone, just just let us know. We'll try to get the word out there for you. Um, you know, but so Randall, are there any other you know things that you can share about like the future BattleTech in general? Just you know, I know we've talked about a few things in the past uh, that, you know, sort of on hold or whatever, but is there anything, like, new or exciting that you're, like, uh, really eager to talk about? Um, well, and uh, if people have been kind of following up on the website, we did... Uh, oh, God, it seems to all blur together some days, but uh, I can't remember how long ago we uh, posted an update up on uh, com. but, you know, a lot of this year is going to be about finally... 
um, fleshing out the Dark Age era. Uh, and so we have Air Report 3145, we had Field Manual 3145, and Technical Readout 3145 will all be out by the end of this year. Uh, and so you have a lot of people that are, you know, have followed us all the way through the Jihad and then through the, you know, kind of the wrapping up of that era and as we kind of transition into this dark age and really start flushing out a lot of the stuff, you also have a lot of players of the dark age, you know, the, uh, the mech warrior click dials, um, <clears throat> that have always kind of wanted to also see the universe be expanded out a lot more. And some of these plot threads that were kind of left dangling as, as that game wrapped itself up. Uh, well, so we, we have a lot you, of stuff we're flushing out on that. Uh, as the designer and sort of like visionary, um, how do you handle moving something forward you know evolving it and i this may be a lengthy you know question in general but you know obviously there were some people that were really excited about uh the dark age and there's people that weren't so excited and you know still remain like and we've talked about like the nuances of like BattleTech and like where the story was going and like it was like well do you know victor comes back from the long campaign he finds his you know you know uh, basically his whole everything taken away from them and then you know like where do they go do they just start up you know another clan you know civil war do they you know like yeah how do you handle that like as a designer you know well i think the most important thing to get out right uh, away is that you know regardless of how long i've been doing this um there's never a single person doing this um and in fact the current you know, I, my, my day-to-day interaction with Battletech, it might be the least it's been in a long time because uh, there's a really great team with Herb and uh, and all of his uh, freelance authors working on it. Uh, and so, you know, that uh, I'm much more definitely at the, at the high end uh, looking down on things. Uh, but <clears throat> the way it's worked over the years uh, is that pretty much every two to three years or so, um, there is a summit if you will um sometimes it goes a little bit um longer than that um sometimes a little bit less uh but basically most of the core authors uh, get together with the developers uh you know when i first started at at uh, fasa in 96 it just happened to be the year we were having one of these and so you know they <clears throat> even though jordan wasn't directly involved uh with uh and hadn't been for a while in the day-to-day operations of Battletech. Uh, He was there, and the head editor was there. Uh, They brought Stackpole in, and Coleman was there. I was there. A couple of others of the major sourcebook writers. And then it was just a case of, okay, here's where we've been. Here's all the plot threads that we've been looking at. You know, in the next two to three years, here is where we're going to go. And now we need to develop the next three years after that, because at any given time, you know, the products are already lined up at least 12 months, if not 24 months into the future. And so that's why, you know, you're like, okay, you got to line up where we're going. And then now we got to line up really down the line so that as we move into the next stage, we're already putting the plot threads in place, putting the characters in place, starting to, to weave the stories that then will lead into, you know, the very next stage after that. Uh, and a lot of it's just, you know, tossing out a lot of ideas. You're, you know, you're throwing darts at the dartboard. Hey, what about this idea? And, you know, other people are shooting it down. No, it doesn't make any sense. They wouldn't do that. What about this? Uh, and so there's a fair bit, actually, of, of kind of consensus of, 
you know, if you come up with a really cool idea and you're the only one at the table with that really cool idea, well, then maybe it's not as cool as you think it is. Uh, and so, you know, as passionate as, as you have to be um, to work uh, in these type of things, it's also a case of being able to step back and go, yeah, okay, I, I buy these arguments of why it's not as cool as I think it should be. Um, oh, to be a fly on a wall there. <laughs> Sounds like know, a gathering on outreach. You know, here's the funny thing. I was just talking, I was just over at the Geek Chic uh, guys. They're actually, for those who don't know, the Geek Chic guys are the guys that make those just monstrously awesome, gorgeous gaming tables and swords and everything else. And they're actually up here local, so I'd stop by to talk with them about something else. And... We got talking about being a geek and what does that mean and how, you know, how nerdy have you ever been? And so then we're all trying to up each other like, well, how nerdy have you been? Well, how nerdy have you been? And I'm like, well, okay. So the first year I went up to Gen Con as a fan in 95, we were able, that was still when it was up in Milwaukee. And there was a whole group of like five or six of us, all of our gaming group from Arizona. We're all giant, you know, Battletech goobs. And we had then stayed an extra day after Gen Con and we drove down to um, FASA and they actually were nice enough to give us, you know, let these five guys come tumbling in there and then gave us a, a tour of the place. Well, this was long enough ago that the clan homeworld map had not actually been published anywhere yet. And so it was on the cubicle wall of Brian Neistel, who was the Baltic line developer at the time. And so we actually connived to distract him out of the room so somebody else could take out a piece of paper and start like copying it down just <laughs> just so we could have it because we're just gooping out so bad um so i mean you know, there certainly is that kind of vibe of you know there's just it's a lot of really cool wonderful moments of working with creative people and coming up with ideas and you know you you throw way more on the table than you ever use but you walk away with it like oh my gosh we have these great plans these cool ideas um, now, obviously, a lot of times those then don't ever actually come to anything. <laughs> uh, and that's that's the other thing that you, that you always have to be aware of uh, when you're dealing, you know, when you're working in this type of thing is, you know, I, I, I have games that I've done, ideas that I put together that were absolutely we're going to do them. And then for various reasons, it didn't actually happen. Um, you know, production issues or, you know, one of the really interesting things is a lot of people wonder why some of the Battletech stats for the MechWarrior Dark Age figures are so terrible. Well, because of the entire way in which the the expense of production had to be handled within MechWarrior Dark Age, it meant that they were much more confined in what they could do. And so then trying to paint onto what their production had to do, the universe side and the game stat side, often that leaves you with you know, everyone just kind of scratching their head like, man, that's just awful. Why would somebody have done that? You know, so, there, so there's always a lot of other things that then start encroaching upon your, you know, perfectly sculpted creative work <laughs> uh, that then you have to kind of adjust as you're going forward. Not an easy process. All, all I can envision no. right now <laughs> is Randall being like, oh, hey, look over there. Look at that shiny butterfly. And, then, you know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but so, <laughs> that'll probably work, actually. I'm pretty good at Ooh, squirrel. Yep. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, Randall, obviously, you know, it's awesome to have you on the show. We we have to move on because we've got a lot Aww. of stuff to cover, but we Aww. want your input 
we want your input as we go along, so feel free to pipe up anytime. Uh, hey, Greg, such... maybe you can get a live audience question in if you have something to ask. I do. Okay, you All just right. get to accept for Boo. Yeah. All right. But let's Boo, move don't, on. Don't shaft me here, Boo. Come on. But it's, we're not doing that yet. Let's move on to Mech of the Week. Phil, take it away. All right, Mech of the Week. Your vote, your choice. And now, this week's Mech of the Week. We are known as the 312th Black Trident Regiment, the Royal Guard of the deep periphery of House Sylvanian. We seek to advance the purity of the bloodlines of House Sylvanian, and we were cast out of the inner sphere because of our desire for technology and warfare at any cost. If you believe your blood to align with that of the Sylvanians, then seek us out by speaking with the commanding general of the 312th Black Trident Regiment of House Sylvanian, Davik Wolniewski. Otherwise, check us out at www.312th.org. And actually, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone. Holy crap, 95 plus votes on this at the time. Obviously, yes, we had to wait because the canceled podcast last time because of my internet being down. But 95, I want to like double that. That's our next goal. I want to get like 200 votes. So, yes, 200 votes. That's our next goal. Anyways, you guys voted and 10 plus votes for this particular battle mech, the Vindicator. You want to talk about an ugly, ugly mech? This is the one for you. So, some background information. Um, obviously, it's a medium battle mech, 45 tons. I've actually used this in the tabletop. Um, actually, this particular variant as well. Um, it has one LRM5, a PPC, a medium laser, and a small laser. Obviously, energy, uh, you know, heavily energy based. Um, and there's actually a ton of custom variants of this. Uh, and regular variants, but on this particular variant, it does have jump jets, and this is the reason I, I picked it, um, was because of maneuverability. It is rather slow, I mean, 64.8 kph, but obviously you can make some changes based on the build rules to, you know, jack it up there if you want. Apparently, it's well known from the Capellian Confederation, and basically it was introduced by them, obviously, in 2826. Indeed, it is the most well-known Capellan confederation battle mech and a related battle mech just a little info is do you know this one randall what's a related battle mech to the vindicator oh you know it's a modified you you you, uh, you totally caught me off guard now i'm a bastard aren't i you are it is the snake it is a modified version (sighs) of the vindicator with an lbx 10 and uh, designed specifically to counter battle armor troops yeah nice uh, 3055 mech there indeed so, uh, have you, any of you guys used this on the tabletop, other than me? I have, and you know, um, this mech, like you were saying, it's an ugly one. But actually, there's something about this TRO, you know, it was in the original TRO artwork. Uh, my, I think it was in, is it the 3025? The yeah. Vindicator? Yeah, which book yeah, is it? Yeah, it was in 3025. Yeah, that was my favorite book. That was, um, you know, the classic one for me. So there's something about the artwork that I still love. I agree uh, with as far as today's terms and the artwork that we're seeing today. Uh, pretty bad, but there's something about it still that I love. The 3050 update actually does not look too bad. I was about to say, um, you guys better not be it. talking shit about my Vindicator. Um, I've never actually used the Vindicator, but it's been used against me. What I liken it to is sort of the Enforcer. Like, there's, for me, like, when I'm looking at medium mechs, 
I can sort of clearly identify that each of the houses has sort of like a a line variant, something that looks like it could be easily mass-produced. It's got a lot of armor, it's relatively maneuverable, it's got fairly good firepower, and you can sort of imagine, like, this is the thing that they give all the non-light mech pilots it's that are just cheap. starting out. That's, that's yeah. what it is. It's cheap. It's, I mean, it's that's... cheap, and it's a workhorse. It hits hard, and it has a decent amount of armor, and it's you a... just stick it there, and it goes and does its thing. It's not amazing, yeah, but it's you can a have a lot jack of all trades. It's not a special, you know, it doesn't have any specialty in any one area, but it's a jack of all trades can handle a lot of different types of missions. Yep, in this case, the Vindy has more maneuverability in exchange for the firepower that you see in, for instance, the Davian mechs of a similar type, like the Centurion. Uh, <clears throat> I've used uh, the Vindicator quite often, and actually one of the things I like about it is it's one of those where your opponent tends to underestimate it because it... it it isn't super powerful. It's not super fast. And so he'll kind of ignore it while you maneuver it into a better position. And then suddenly, you know, you're doing with it what he doesn't think you should be doing with it. Which is, I would assume, uh, because it does have the jump jets, you know, it's not fast for a medium, but it's not slow. Uh, you would want to get into some, you know, maybe flanking positions and uh, get some PPCs into the back armor or something like that. What, what's a good strategy with the Vindicator? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it's got two weapon systems that are pretty much long range. Um, and then it has the medium and small laser, which we have proven one medium laser can wreck your day and uh, can get you out the, the back. So make sure you check it out. It's one of those battle mechs that I would say may not get used all the time. And, you know, maybe uh, some artist out there can give it some love, give it give it a new uh, face, you know. Yeah, give it a new yeah. face. It needs a new face. <laughs> We're going to be moving on to community questions. Now, we don't have Garth tonight. Of course, you know, the Stig isn't here. So we're going to save your questions. We know there was actually about four or five for him specifically. We'll answer those next week when he's on the show. But we do have one question that's geared towards me. So thank you for the one person who asked me a question. Makes me feel special. And that's Zero Wolf, and he asks, what software do you use to record your ride-along videos? Um, I'll answer that first. First off, I use uh, Fraps. Now, I have a certain setting. Make sure you record in 30 frames per second. And, of course, I crank up everything um, in the game. So that's that's what I use. I don't uh, split up the files, and I just keep them all. So I'll get, like, 20, 25 gigs uh, for a good match, depending on how long it is. So hopefully that helps you. Um, and then he also says, or how about the Twitch events? Well, actually, I've used uh, two um, types of software. I've used XSplit. That's actually what I primarily use when I'm doing the events with uh, PGI on the IGP channel. But you can also use another program called Open Broadcast Software, OBS. It's actually free. It can do everything that XSplit can there are a few nuances it can't do, and specifically the cool thing, though, is it's open software. You can actually go to the forums and make suggestions, so check that out. OBS, uh, Open Broadcaster Software. It's very, very awesome, and if, like I said, it's the same quality, so I was actually quite surprised. Um, I know Omrecker's used it, so and I think actually that's the primary one he does use, so check it out. It also can't keep you from getting gangbanged in a match. No, no, it doesn't. Because I've seen that happen to you plenty of times. Yeah, actually, I get pawned quite often when we do the Twitch events. It's, uh, 
you sort of get used to it in a weird way, but uh, it's just not fun. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the live studio questions. Obviously, uh, we're here and Randall is here, so if you have a pertinent question, uh, yeah, go ahead and start Xing up, and Boo will let us know who the first one is. <laughs> cool. The first question is from Laser Kid. So, Laser Kid, go ahead and unmute your mic and ask away. So, Randall, uh, why hexes in Battletech? Why not squares? Ooh. <laughs> Way back well, to the beginning. I was going to say, I, I, you know, I, I've been working on this, I think, like three times longer than any previous developer, but. You know, even I'm not quite that old. I'm sure the reason why they did it is because it gives you um, uh, more variation in what your arcs can be uh, and movement. Uh, but to be honest, I'm not sure I've ever actually... I've asked Jordan a lot of questions, but that's never what I've actually asked him. <laughs> why not circles? That's a good question, Laser. That was a good one. Definitely. Laser, did that answer your question? Uh, yeah. <laughs> sort of. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't have any decision in that. We appreciate it, Laser. Because hexes were popular in the 80s. Next question, Boo. Who is it? Phaedra. Hey, Phaedra. We were playing with you earlier today. Phaedra, go ahead and unmute your mic and ask away. Well, I was wondering, is there any chance of getting House Branded D6 done by anybody? Like our Kickstarter or uh, uh, what's the other thing? Like our crowdsourcing avenue. Uh, actually, we are working on getting a dice, a faction dice that will be available in nice. stores and available for order online. Um, for those that are aware of it, we kind of had a I don't know, kerfuffle, if you want to call it that, over the summer where we doubled what we had done in previous years of our faction dice. Uh, and at the time, they were just convention only. Uh, and it just was gone instantly. And... Um, part Which of that goes was, first? Well, part um, the usual Davian, you know, yeah. Wolf or Ghost Bear, Kira, kind of after that. Part of the problem that was my totally my own fault is they asked me should we limit the number that people should buy, and in my head I'm thinking, well, you know, if people want to buy five or six, no worries, that's fine. And of course they're then walking up and buying like you know twenty and thirty <laughs> at a time. Um, and Damn consumers. Yeah, well, not only that, but some of them immediately. Some of them were doing it just for their gaming oh, group. Some of them immediately turning turned around, around selling, and yeah. selling them on eBay. Uh, so you know, we learned our lesson, but it did prove to us that there's absolutely desire for that, and so it just takes a little bit of time because we then have to go and find the right manufacturer that is going to give us you know appropriate mold costs and all of that. But we are we are absolutely determined to get. Uh, you know, new awesome faction dice out there in the market. Very good question, Phaedra. All right, Boo, who's up next? Let's do our own Greg. Yeah, he had a question. Greg, what's your question? It has nothing to do with the tabletop game and everything to do with the fiction. Have you ever considered going back into that missing 100-year gap between the end of the novels and the beginning of the Dark Age to mine that for new books? Actually, we are, uh, in fact. Um, not only are we doing, as I mentioned, we're doing, uh, you know, 31, the three books that are in 3145, uh, but one of them, now it's mostly source book fiction related. There will be some short fiction in there. It's basically a historical Wars of the Republic um, that'll be a source book that will touch upon the transition from basically 3085 
the end of the jihad area and kind of the founding of the Republic of the Sphere uh, up through uh, the start of the Dark Age. Uh, and then I'm sure there'll be a fiction that'll go along with that being published on Battlecore as well. So like full-length novels is what I'm getting at, maybe? Uh, uh, probably <laughs> this not is a wish length, list. Yeah, yeah, probably not full-length novels. Now, at, now, a nice experiment is that we are making the commitment to um, start publishing some full-length Shadowrun novels, and this is actually the first time I'm saying this out loud, and I hope that uh, I don't get in trouble for releasing that here ahead of schedule. Um, <laughs> Edit but, <it> out. <clears throat> but we're hopefully then going to be able to use that as a great test bed to prove that we can do that, and then we'll roll into full-on Baltic novels as well. But, you know, again, it's all kind of tentative at this point. Well, you'll have one customer for sure. Two Hey, speaking of fiction, and good question, Greg. Um, Randall, what is your opinion uh, or feeling about fan fiction? And do you guys ever mine the fan fiction out there for potential new writers? And specifically, we recently promoted, um, there's some fiction going on with the Mech Warrior Living Legends team and some other stuff that we've uh, read on some of the episodes. What do you think about fan fiction? Um, I've read some really good fan fiction over the years. We don't spend a lot of time. Um, we, you gotta be kind of careful because of some of the legalities involved of, you know, you don't want to come up with a situation where you read somebody's fan fiction and then a year later, suddenly some of the, even though you as the developer completely forgot what you read and then you're developing something and you happen to come up with similar elements in that. Um, that can potentially cause problems as suddenly the author's like, hey, you, you know, maybe you stole my work or things like that. Um, we do do some of the looking for that for, uh, as you say, looking for new writers, though. Uh, but so far as, as looking at the fiction for, uh, you know, ideas and that sort of thing, no, we gotta we got to stay completely away from that side of things. I was going to say the idea of ownership of ideas. That's That's one of those things where... If you've thought of it, more than likely someone else has. I mean, you know, but I know it's all sort of jumbled in that whole you copyright and trademarks and all that. But in reality, that's how I look at a lot of things is there's a lot of people on the planet. I'm sure I wasn't the first person to think about this. And uh, anyways, but yeah, um, so let's go ahead and move on to the next question. Boo, who do we got? Syllogy. We know that name. Indeed. Uh, this is... Uh, more of a question about kind of the lore of Battletech. I haven't really been able to dig anything up on um, kind of how the clans work their trading system, what kind of monetary system like they use, like the sea bills, things like that. Can you guys elaborate on that? Uh, that is a really deep question. <laughs> um, bondsmen. Uh, a lot. Do they trade in bondsmen. We- <laughs> they only might. The good uh, no, we we actually have not really delved too deeply into. Uh, the monetary systems that are used within the clans. Uh, we did a little bit of that in uh, the Clans Warriors of Kerensky source book, which is a late uh, 90s source book. Uh, touched on that a little bit. Um, there's also an adventure in a Mech Warrior's Guide to the Clans. The, again, it was a FASA era book um, where some of the adventure dealt a little bit with that. Um, I don't know if either of those books are currently available in PDF or not. We've we've gotten probably the lion's share of, of all the old Baltic books available in PDF, uh, but there's still a good 20-30% that we're still you know slowly making our way through. And it's so, actually, 
the clan culture behind the scenes is some I, I actually i was talking to someone about this i don't know if it was you syllogy but we we're talking about a lot of people don't know the nuances behind the clans and how the clans in themselves at face value all you think is the warrior cast and that's all you really know but everything behind the scenes was completely different and sometimes radically different from the warrior cast and how it was handled and the merchant cast the science you know scientist cast and stuff like that and it, it was just one of those things uh we were having a discussion on what i knew from reading the novels just from the novel's perspective and it was interesting because you did it the clans were different when you looked at them in that light um so indeed i'm currently reading the blood of kerensky omnibus and uh touches a little bit on the other societies within the clans so i i imagine that sea bills does not stand for clan bills then no (laughs) no so but yeah just to kind of hopefully answer the question is i can't answer it directly uh, only because we didn't really spend a lot of time um delving into that aspect uh and you know they trade genetic material um, they do well. Most of that is mostly done through the scientist cast, though, uh, and that's you know yeah, they're not really bartering that necessarily. Scientists um, have all the fun, but uh, so yeah, I mean, just because the books were done so long ago and it's not something that uh, anyone has ever spent a lot of time on, I just can't pull it out exactly. But the, but I know that those are the two places I would go looking for it. All right, guys, we got to move on. I do have one question for Randall. So I'm going to plug my own question in here at the end. What are your thoughts? And this can be totally speculation, of course, you know, all that fun stuff. Would you ever want to see a Battletech movie? Absolutely. I mean, uh, how can you not? I mean, even if if there's a 99% chance it could be awful, um, I still would take the chance that you could walk out of it with... uh, you know, a uh, Batman Begins or an Avengers. You know, I mean, it, or it, robot jocks. No, that's on the other <laughs> end. Hey no, man, I don't. hey man. There's uh, a certain charm to robot jocks. There he was the host of the NGNG podcast, and he's <laughs> taking a hiatus. But, but Randall, do you look at uh, trailers like the the one that's out currently for Pacific Rim and just think of all the potential? Uh, absolutely. In fact. Um, I can remember in the theaters for the very first Transformer movies, and there's a scene right at the beginning, I think it's a shockwave, is moving through um, the uh, airport, like the tarmac, and it's this giant, you know, it's the Transformer, but he's going really slow, kind of plotting and just firing and blowing the crap out of all these planes, and I'm looking at, I'm going that right there is exactly Battletech. So and that was almost 10 years ago now. So, well, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> we don't actually own the rights to do any movies. Those are all uh, way above our heads. So, no, someone, now, uh, now I've, I've, you know, the thing is, is there's been, they've been working on scripts in various forms for, you know, 15 plus years now. In fact, I've even mm-hmm. read, like, at, at my time at WizKids when they were still, uh, you know, f- uh, six or seven years ago, uh, I read two different 
movie scripts and was able to actually comment them on through Jordan. But, you know, once again, it's, you know, there's a million scripts and 1% of them ever even remotely heads towards being made into a movie. The two scripts you read, what timeline? I've always wondered, like, there's so much story to pick from. What would you pick for a movie? Well, the scripts that they were doing, that was right at the height of MechWarrior Dark Age. So that's where they were Uh, set. uh, Uh, And I... I'm having yeah, a heart well, attack. <laughs> uh, so I obviously was making an argument. You know, to be honest, as 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 cheesy as it sounds, if you go and look at just so many good movies, even the really good movies, uh, like Batman's Begins, and you you know parallel out. Okay, you got the guy, and he doesn't really know what he's doing, and he's thrown into a world he doesn't know, and then he has to be trained and all of that, Fallon. and. You, well, actually, I'd go even. I'd even go further. I think the original Grey Death. Oh yeah. Uh, first novel is almost that perfect. You know, Star Wars, Batman Begins, anything of that. Under you know, the, the the farmer boy that's taken out of his. You know, it's 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 Lord of the Rings. It's the Belgariad. It's you know, you could just go on and on and on, and it's because that works. That that template of that hero character works and that's what they did in that first thunder rift and if i was doing a single movie uh i still might go right back to that um now if i was you know if i was going to do some grandiose trilogy or something well then you know then it might be warrior trilogy then it might be the blood of Kerensky. Uh but if i've got one shot to do it i'd probably make it as just bare bones down simple as possible with a very clear-cut you know black and white uh, cool guy uh, character, the good guy character, and just as cool as battle scenes as I can get into it. Definitely I'd, a good I'd intro. I'd go balls to the wall. Pitch the Warrior Trilogy. I think that's got everything you could want for an epic sci-fi movie that... And get Peter Jackson to do it? <laughs> get Jackson. <laughs> We're all over no, it, like, guys. In all, in all legitimacy, maybe have a conversation with a Joss Whedon type figure, or a Kevin I'm Smith. I'm on it. There yeah, are let me, let me, like big on, let me get writers my out there. Maybe a few of them are BattleTech fans. Has anyone asked? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, again, I know uh, part of it is that th- those rights just don't sit with us at all. Uh, I mean, that's just so far above our heads. You know, for example, we don't do, we we have no control whatsoever on the electronic rights, but the current people, particularly on the BattleTech side, though certainly on the Shadowrun side as well love the properties enough and have respect enough for those properties that they come back and they want to work with us because you, you of know, all the expertise that we have. You know, uh, what But we're movies, see, that's a whole other level thing. Yeah, you know what the best route all of this conversation is? Fans. Community created content. And we're going to move on from that statement and all I got to say is it'll happen one of these days. If not, I'm soon. all over that. One of these days, man. All right, guys, we're going to be moving on to MechWare Online. Now, obviously, some of this is old, so I'm just going to brief over it, and we'll talk about the things that need to be talked about. All right, here we go. Obviously, the Destinel. Go check it out. I think all of you guys are aware of it. You've probably been shooting them and or piloting them, so it's out. The Q&A 30 came out. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, there's ECM changes coming about. Uh, community Warfare is going to be added throughout 2013 with multiple whoop, whoop. stages. So, yeah, that's very cool. And specifically, Phase 1 includes concepts for player-run things, which, yes. Territory control is Phase 2, yes. So, yes. 
Yes. So many yeses. Another thing is a DirectX 11. I'm really not too concerned with this. Uh, the, the main reason being is I'd rather have focus put on community warfare. So I trust me, I'm all there with you guys. Um, aesthetically, the game looks freaking superb on high graphics and uber high res. can even look even better. And I know there's some performance increases too with DirectX 11, but I'd rather be time spent on community warfare, and I'm sure all of you guys are as well. So mask uh for those who are wondering will come after netcode fixes for all of you guys out there uh 12v12 by the way is in test phases we've got a picture uh from brian on today actually january 30th of some in-house testing going 12v12s very very cool company time yep yep we've got indirect fire confirmed with like already our uh, airstrikes and they basically plan to add consumables uh to the game you'll be able to equip in module slots later on in the year i uh, cannot actually, wait to see that in action you know I, I think that will detour like sitting and camping and stuff you can imagine you know okay well you want to go sit off that corner and play this game hey you know what i wonder how Boom. they're going to implement that though as far as the person targeting is it going to be an overhead thing like they do with artillery and world of tanks or how is that going to be implemented I don't very know. cool i want it skill based though i think that would be cool that way it's not just a blah out there just spamming them um they've also got private match option is confirmed and uh the reason i wanted to highlight this is no guts no galaxy will be hosting and again, we'll be hosting and promoting and doing this internally, a, a 1v1 and 12v12 tournament round robin. I mean, you name it, sort of brackets and all that. We will be doing those, and that will have prizes such as T-shirts and possibly even, you know, higher-end stuff. Uh, we've got a ton of ideas. New that, photos of Phil. Yeah, that uh, possibly some actually um, other cool items like maybe possibly video cards. We're going to try to reach out and do that kind of stuff to NVIDIA. Maps, Alpine Peaks in February, so within a few days, obviously, um, is February. And then Desert in March, which they said Desert was gigantic, so we'll see how big Alpine is. The Battle Grid is getting some updates. There's a lot to implement. They basically said Commander Controls, Alliance Controls, Drones, Artillery, and Airstrikes. Basically the functionality that goes with that. So I think that answers your question, Darren, is it will be tied into the Battle Grid. So hopefully yep, yep. there's some type of delay or mechanism that may be using scale-based. Now, this is actually really important, is training ground. It is confirmed, and basically they're going to break it into two parts. Testing grounds, which is like an empty sandbox level with dummy targets, and private matches. Uh, obviously, they already said the private matches is confirmed. Uh, it's just, it'll be coming out. So I think this is really important. Uh, we've had a few people bring up the whole tribes testing ground, where they said, you know, hey, basically has static targets and a few targets moving around just so a new player can hop in there understand the mechanics in the game and or be walked through by someone and i think this is you yeah know, even just... some of the old mechware games had that just that basic intro to how to control your mech and i think that's important i think it's a good way to get a, a basic understanding a basic level of knowledge but ultimately it will take them hopping in game either by themselves with a group to to really find it out and actually test them out in a real life situation. But yes, it's very, very cool. <laughs> real life. Yeah, real life. This is this is important mech stuff, man. This is important business. It is. Mech business. 
team deathmatch is confirmed. Uh, Europe servers are being pushed towards 2013, so sometime this year. They didn't give any dates, um, which I know a lot of Europeans are like, oh, thank God. When we're like, oh, thank God. Hopefully no more uh, 100 plus ping. Yeah. Achievement system will provide unique rewards. Basically, there's going to... Oh, and this is big. Uh, a lot of people didn't see this coming. A stats wipe with achievement system implementation. So all whoa, of you whoa, guys whoa. worried. Yep, all of your kill-death ratio. Oh, my God, I'm so worried about that. <laughs> it's going to be gone. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Take that, you stat whores. Now, I thought they said that they weren't going to be doing that anymore. No, they're, they're not wipes. wiping your... They're not wiping not your, account. Your, your account and all of your purchases. Just stats. Just your stats. So for um, a lot of us, that'll be a good thing because, you know, I've improved over time. Well, since my Twitch events, uh, <laughs> I've been, yeah, no, I've actually just, I've kept an even kill on that one. Um, let's see, clans will be considered a different faction. And that's a big thing as well uh, for all of you clanners out there. Decals in the next few months for you cosmetic uh, guys. Actually, I'm looking forward to this. By the way... If you're listening, Ironhawk, thank you again for doing the Aces Centurion out of nowhere. That thing looks freaking badass, by the way. I agree. Awesome. Holy crap. And after oh, we've had a few patches, um, one of the biggest things you guys have probably noticed out there is the net code improvement. How's it feel to actually hit light mechs now and watch them die in a ball of fire? Is anybody else in the live studio happy about that? Yes, I see it's affirmatives all over the place. Oh, here it is comes. nice to see the light mechs blowing up again, definitely. You know what it's nice to see? Actually see skilled light pilots starting to take the reins again. That's that's a nice thing. I have no problem with lights. I am not a light pilot, but when I watch someone who's a decent pilot, I have a whole other level of respect for them, and I cannot wait until collisions are back in to where that will add another layer of uh, skill. Hey, uh, real quick before you move on, back to the team deathmatch confirmed. What is the difference between the team deathmatch and what we're doing now? Just no cap, or is there going to be other no differences? That's what I would assume because now, from a game mechanic, right? If if you just have random um, matches like random matchmaking, and you drop in and it's team deathmatch, then it's known that hey, you just have to kill everyone. And where the the problem lies with that is, you can imagine. Uh, Caustic Valley and there's two people left. One's in an atlas that goes 48 kph and the other's in a um, Raven 3L with ECM and he goes 130 kph. Can never catch up to him. And maybe the Raven's really really hurt. You know, so that's the only problems. And you know, when people put in that perspective, well then I guess it could just be a time thing. You know, the time's ticking down. You have 15 minutes left and you know, if you kill, you kill. If you don't, you don't. And that's what happens when it gets down to 1v1 against Assault and against Delight. So, okay, so the team deathmatch is not the version that they've mentioned before where you'd have multiple mechs to drop. That's a different version, right? That's, I think, drop that would be dropship mode. mode. Okay, right. Yeah. And by the way, the originally when they mentioned dropship mode, they mentioned like three mechs or whatever. Now, last time they mentioned it, it was a lance of mechs or something like that you'd have. So, that in itself, that will be interesting. Um, just from a game mode perspective that'll be yeah fun the next uh wallpaper is out the spider uh, pretty nifty i like the spider um one little thing about it is you guys notice when it jump jets the little flaps on its shoulders mm-hmm. you know the that. 
regarding the spider, the same thing for me. Like, I, I think I like it a lot more than I thought I was going to like it when it, before it came out. It's a fun little mech. It's fun. I will be a little... I wouldn't say critical, but I would like to see how it's implemented in a competitive environment. Yeah, I right agree. Right now. It's fun and, right now. Yeah, right now, basically, the 3L is the winner. Uh, you you mm-hmm. take a commando, you're going to get torn apart. You take a... Uh, oh, sorry. Take a Jenner, you're going to get torn apart. Unless, maybe, I guess, you see a really good Jenner pilot and it doesn't really matter about the ECM, but it's tough. So, again, um, like to see it in competitive environment and how that'll be handled and of course it will be different when the jump jets are working as well mm-hmm. we've also got the hero awesome mech the pretty baby what are your guys thoughts on this like aesthetically do you guys like it yeah are you happy about it greg well i i wear f- uh chains and flames on a daily basis so i'm comfortable with this look you would <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a huge fan but i don't I'm not, like, mad about it. You know what I mean? What do you guys think about the trend of the hero mechs in general? Do you like the direction they're going with that? What do you mean by the trend as far as, like, each battle mech chassis has one? Or are you talking paint jobs? A little of both. Like, now there's a hero commando and and the hero this. Whereas the first hero was Yenlo Wang, which was a a special mech from the canon. Well, I mean, they've... Making shit up. They've stated that they're going to do a hero mech from each uh, for each chassis, so uh, it's going the direction that I expected. Um, I'm not a huge awesome pilot, so I'm less excited about that than the the Miramets, which I love. The one thing I like about it is it's more content. It allows the players to have that aesthetic, it's mine sort of thing, and then to the nostalgic purposes. You know, a lot of people like these particular designs. Yen Wang, I own one myself. Um, and then, you know, you get a bonus for using it, 30% XP bonus. And I will be, you know, one of those critical things is it's not like a pay to win setup. You know, they haven't introduced any hero mech that, you know, has been, oh my God, you know, this has broken everything. And, um, I think that's nice. Uh, you know, I, you know, that's at least how I feel about it. So, so I did a little research. Um, I do like, you know, to get into the, the lore behind these mechs. And Phil, you were saying that this is a um, canon mech. I could not find it anywhere. I looked in the Awesomes and Sarna and so forth. Where is this pretty baby from? I will find that info for you. Randall, do you have any info on that? Actually, I don't off the top of my head. I know I'm pretty sure I reviewed someone's, that at some point, but <laughs> I can't remember. Someone says it it's in the original 3025 TRO, but it's not in the revised so interesting alternate universe that's why that's why when i made that (laughs) comment to you guys uh or to you darren i'd seen it someone posted the info on the forums and i was reading about it so uh there you have it so very very cool i'm actually interested to you know hear what the next hero is and what they're gonna do with that you know Um, what do you want it to be i want a never noob punchback (laughs) i'm just saying never noob anybody else overheats no matter what you do Widowmaker, man. Oh, Widowmaker. Don't even start with with the unseen. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't have gone. Why would you do that? You're killing me, man. That's that's screwed up, man. I'd probably chip in with uh, North and say... I'd probably say Cicada. Mm. Or we haven't had a... uh, Well, yeah. Mm. Nah, Mm. Cicada's fine. Uh, Someone's got to love it. Just not me. I love the Cicada. I love it to death, actually. I just... It needs the advanced tech to really make that whole work. 
I think a uh, well, they've already done the dragons, but I was gonna say something to do with like uh, Draconis combined. I think a lot of people would enjoy uh, maybe some Davion inspired paint job on one of these uh, Davion mechs and stuff. But anyways, we're got we got to move on. Enough of that. Command chair Dev Stalker basically has been following him, Catcher Kel, and this is what we found, and you've probably already read along, but if you haven't, maybe here's some news for you. Thomas, oh my D. god, his last name, D, I'm not, wow. Thomas D. Thomas D, developer. He says, water physics, uh, they're going to be implementing a slowdown in water as um, soon, and basically it's planned, Ooh. and basically the heat sinks in the water, 50% of lake in water, 50% boost to lake heat sink uh, efficiency. So that is I've never important. even thought about doing that. That's pretty cool. Well, that's how it's supposed to be, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's how it is in. Yeah, it's supposed bar. to get reduced speeds in water. It makes right, sense but in too. video games, we haven't seen it. Is what I'm saying. Um, um, they did heat reduction in a couple Mech, of the games. MechWarrior Three. Had I'm just it. talking speed, slowing oh. down. Oh, speed. Well, speed. I'm actually interested to see not only that, but when you're going uphill and downhill and quick changes and stuff. I'm interested to see how that's implemented, but. Paul basically says he's working on jump jets, and uh, even though that's what Ask the Devs 3 sort of said there was no changes happening, I think it was misconstrued. There are changes happening. It's just not like the way they're used. It's just like obviously like the boost and the up and stuff will be changed as far as speed and adjustment and all that. We've got the roadmap, uh, updated content. We'll just roll through those real quick. February 5th, new tiger pattern, hero mech. So there's the next year mm. going to be announced cockpit items now the next biggest thing is february 19th the trebuchet thank you can't wait new pattern the alpine map anybody else excited about the trebuchet i am i'm excited actually, actually to make a correction the hero mech on february 5th is pretty baby um that's not the announcement of the oh, new one thank you and then on march 5th will be the next hero mech which we don't know what that is yet i'm telling you it's um, a cicada Hero Mech pattern on March 5th, and then March 19th, the Jaeger Mech, a new pattern, Woo-hoo! and the Desert Map. So I'm getting... looking forward to the Jaeger Mech as well as the Trebuchet. That's going to be a couple of fun mechs. So basically a month apart, they get released. So awesome. They're implementing a next week on February 5th, a end of new, uh, basically end of match new screens. Um I think there's been a few things leaked. Uh, I remember seeing something over at uh, C Reddit about it. It was in files, old files that someone had dug out. Um, matchmaking phase three in February. Uh, combat score in February 5th. Again, I think that ties into the end of the new screen. Um, end of new screen. Wow, that's that's a weird wordage. Mm-hmm. Put that one on there. End Achie- of match screen. Yeah. Uh, achievements mid-March. Um, and then one of the biggest things uh, that I think that needs to go back in the game is collisions. Collisions. Brian, Brian Ekman basically said, uh, based off Matthew Craig's statement, is collisions are a gameplay mechanic. When brought back, they will have more depth, meaning, and strategy behind them. Uh, let's see. Carl Berg posted and said phase three is going through internal testing. And then Paul also, and this is something that's you know brand new that you guys just got a few days ago, which was PC, PPCs will knock out ECM for five seconds, and that timer will get reset if they get hit again. And ECM buffer range change modules will affect ECM now. Um, laser heat changes, PPCs, and all that. Basically, February 5th, yes. So we've been calling for changes to PPCs as well as ECM. What do you guys feel about these changes? I like the sound of it. I think it makes sense. 
and it gives you some interesting gameplay options. I, it definitely gives you a reason to pick them. I think from a weapon standpoint, cool. From an ECM standpoint, this doesn't fix ECM. I mean, we all know it. I mean, ECM is OP right now. So I'd like to see, you know, more plans on that. But, you know, we talked about that and not uh, to be too critical, but it, it is. I think this is things... taking a small step forward without uh, endangering taking too big of a step. So they're doing little minute changes, see how that balances things and go on from there. Well, it's just adding more counterplay. It's not touching the ECM mm -hmm. mechanic, but it is giving you some options. Well, the buffer range has changed. That is well, let me, let me clarify. When I say ECM is OP or ECM still needs to be adjusted, they're going to do tweaks to where, like, I have no problem with them implementing something that lessens the effect. I don't want something to totally negate ECM. And that's where one of the problems, if you roll in, you know, people made suggestions of, oh, yeah, make BAP counter it. Well, then everyone would be rolling BAP and there would be no point in ECM. It's a, it's a thin balance, you know, between introducing something that totally negates it and introducing something that diminishes its effect up into a point and that's the thing is you know um making that balance to where you still see it and it's still used on the battlefield to where you implement something and it's not used because of what you just implemented so um i think it's a step in the right direction as far as ppc um i i think seeing some type of uh, uh another thing to where if you get hit you know you always talk about it. randall you know in the novels it, it talks about ppcs are lightning man-made lightning it blinds you i don't I, I don't think we've ever seen a game actually capture that i mean even with uh mecha online i mean no not really in fact was it mech warrior 3 that had those silly floating balls <laughs> yeah that was so, mech warrior 2. blue balls was it mech warrior 2? no no mech warrior no, 2 had the ball blue balls of death but mech warrior 3 had this like particle effect of these little like yeah no i think on the uh the the cover of uh, the 3055 upgrade. Um, there's a berserker on there with one of my more favorite uh, PPC blasts. That y you're right, it's more you know kind of lightning esque and jagged like a lightning bolt. You yeah. picture it being yeah. I'm trying well, to pull up. I'm trying to pull up the image you're talking about. You said 3055. 3055 upgrade. It was a Klaus Sharinsky uh, piece. Um, <clears throat> had the uh, had a berserker in the Capellan Coliseum on uh, Solaris. Okay, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's the thing is like I've always felt the PPC was this visceral, lethal weapon, and the translation. I think uh, me personally, I just feel like no game has really captured it. And I mean, it's a it's a what do you picture, I guess, Randall, me asking you personally, do you think this thing would be, like, a, has a travel time? Is it, as, is it as quick as a laser, or is this, like, something that moves, you know, is it, like, a ballistic round that takes time to get to the target? What have you always imagined it being? Um, I've always imagined it actually being uh, as fast as a laser, but with... You know, somehow, even though it's just... It, it's particles, <laughs> um, it's still... You know when it when it when it slaps you, particularly like the clam PPC, mainly just because from the board game, it's so ludicrously powerful um, that I just have this image of even though it's just energy, it's still kind of you know pushing the mech back uh, as though it is a big ballistic round. Gotcha. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think any game has quite captured that. Um, 
sort of aesthetic and or functional, you know, like... Was it three or four that it scrambled your HUD when you got hit with one? I know uh, three did it. Yeah, I think that's a mechanic that is appropriate, and I'd like to see that be added, um, but we'll see, I guess. Um, um, the more I'm thinking about it, I think three did have the effect I like. I don't care it if you think it's goofy. Alright guys, and that's it from MechWare Online. Uh, we're moving on to MechWare Tactics. Now again, they've got their Founders program out. We talked to Chris uh, Harbro about or Holbrow um, on the <laughs> Mech Doesn't Beer number 7. It was really awesome. Again, thank you Chris uh, for sitting down with us if you're listening to this. And uh, obviously, go out and support this. Uh, basically, it's one of those things. I had someone ask me after the show last time what do you think should it should i do it or should i don't um and at the end at the end of the day here's what it is if you financially can help support the game do so um i can definitely understand some people saying well i'd rather test it out before dumping money into it hey totally understand um and it's one of those things it's sort of like how i look at it's sort of like an investment um the game from my experience i again i can't say too much but i will go out on a limb and say you're going to enjoy it if you like the tabletop and if you like Mega Mech and you like that uh, ability to hop in there, play, drop out at any given time, come back to it. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. So, and I guess uh, one thing to look at is look at the packages of themselves. Is it worth your money? To me personally, they're giving you quite a bit for you know the amount. I still think one of the things I've been critical about is I think it would be nice to get one of the mechs in the like the lowest tier package i think that would have been really cool but you know that's uh that's up to them to decide and obviously that's a uh that's a marketing uh decision that they made so and if a million of million of you buy it randall phil and myself will personally go to joss whedon and jj Abrams' house and talk to them about doing movies <laughs> screw, the, screw that a half a million man all i'm saying <laughs> is if the question hasn't been asked what do we lose uh, yeah no so we're going to be sitting down more with uh, the team and developers on Mech Devs and Beer and on the show um, as soon as they are available. So stay tuned for more info on that. The Battletech board game. We have a pretty big announcement to make. And uh, we have Randall here tonight, which is sort of ironic. But uh, first off, Randall, I want to say thank you for giving us the opportunity to basically announce what we're about to announce. First off, Catalyst Games will be sponsoring No Guts No Galaxy with 50 plus items to give out give away each week. So basically one item a week. So basically we're going to be giving out box sets and a ton of other stuff to you guys out there. And it is Mr. Randall Bills who made this possible. So thank you so much, man. You're quite welcome. I love, uh, love what you guys are doing. We're happy to help out. And I think um, about every single person in the live studio audience wants to arrange a marriage between your, your kids and theirs. <laughs> and the nice thing about this also is that I won't have to be scrounging through eBay trying to find giveaways uh, unless I want to do bonus giveaways on top of it. But yeah, this is an amazing thing. It's a huge deal. Um, they're sending us a year's worth of giveaways in advance, and that's going to be every single week a giveaway from Catalyst. So again, to reiterate, thank you, Randall. And this is not on top of the other items I have to give away, such as what we had people send in. So we're going to be doing other stuff as well, but we just want to let you know of stuff that's going on in the background. We've been working on this for actually quite some time, and we've actually got more stuff coming in the near future that we hope you guys support. Because really, 
uh, No Guts No Galaxy can be as big as you guys want it, and we hope you guys really see it. It's growing. All right, MechWare Tactical Command. We've got uh, a new device to play showed up on their site, and now it's gone iphone you know they've posted up on their facebook something like if you have an iphone send in you know something something and maybe you can help out or something like that um i don't know but anybody else noticed that on facebook all right uh we also have (laughs) we also have um a review coming to you by me actually edmund from persona studios reached out to me and said you know what hey we will send you an iPad too to play the game and give you know everyone your honest uh, you know opinion. Uh, it just came today, landed on my doorstep. I've got to do a few updates, but I will get you guys that. I'm going to shoot for a week, so I will get that out. I may even do a video about it, um, and I will give you guys my honest opinion about it. And I'll actually try to do my best to have like a rubric because I don't want to do a disjustice doing my first like game review per se. So. We'll let you guys know about that as soon as possible. All right, guys, uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on to MechWare Living Legends. Uh, they had a patch, uh, 0.7.1 hotfix, basically adjusted a lot of the issues that were going on behind the scenes. I don't know. I've been asked by um, a few people if they're. What, what do you guys make it fun of me again? I mean, you guys know I do crap like they're, that. It shouldn't be anything new. I know. That's what I'm trying to explain to him. Uh, they're, they're Phil-isms. It's his own words, and leave yeah. him the fuck alone. Yeah. I mean, when I write papers and when I, you know, do stuff, I use the proper terminology. I just, you know, like it or, yeah, whatever. Hey, I mean, uh, like the term uh, Solidity put up there, Philbonics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, real quick, Phil, we're getting a couple questions about giveaways in the uh, live studio audience. One person wants to know if you've given away the uh, the NVIDIA Dawns. No. Okay, Ooh. so we're going to figure out a Hold way on. to get let those me, to Let people. me get those up real quick, so talk, Darren. Okay, um, Phil is going to look more into that. And also, I think it was Morgana that asked if anybody uh, won the Warhammer miniature. Yes, somebody did, but I'm not in front of the computer that has that information, so I can't tell you the name. Uh, I forget. But yes, somebody won that. And we do have, I think, one more prize to give away before we get into the you know what? Uh, Catalyst-sponsored giveaways. I have three Dons left. I gave one to uh, Short Painter because he deserves one. So, yes. I agree with that. So we have three. We'll figure out something and we'll get them to you. Hold on. I have an idea. One second. Phil, Phil's being spontaneous. Uh-oh. This can He's- never end well. Is your webcam on? We want to watch. Or it could end fantastically. Someone really quickly tell Phil's dog to hide all the knives. Could be a big ball of fire, and we'll never know. Oh, it's just like California. Dead Air, sponsored by AMC. You want (laughs) to NVIDIA Dawn? I'm going to give away three. Go to our Facebook page, post up a comment of why you think you deserve one, and you might be picked. Yeah, there. There you go. We have it. It's all going to be in Phil's hands. I will handle that, and that'll give me That's something to said. remind me about it. So, uh, yeah, that is what she said. The MWL hot fix. Uh, I don't know if they're com- coming out with anything. Obviously, they made an announcement that they were no longer doing any more development. So, I don't know if this is the last thing, or we'll see more. I, I have no idea. Uh, I will ask. Back from find retirement. Out. Yeah, I will ask and find out. So, now Facebook, we have forty or not? Yeah. We had 40. No, we had 2,463 likes. Make sure to go to our Facebook page. The reason I say that, if you like us, you may not like 
Facebook. I totally understand that. But the cool thing with Facebook is as soon as I post up something there, you guys get notification of it immediately. You don't Instantaneous, have to. Instantaneous, folks. Yeah, and it's really awesome to be able to post something up and you guys know of it. So, like, if we have to cancel something or if we, hey, we got a special guest tonight, Randall Bills, don't forget to, you know, hop on TeamSpeak 3. It's really, really nice. And, you know, obviously, yeah, just do it. Make sure to check out our YouTube uh, channel. Hey, if you like the stuff we're doing, click subscribe. Maybe give us, you know, give the video a like, and uh, that'll be up to you. Yeah, that's uh, No Guts, No Galaxy TV on YouTube. And also, don't forget uh, to check us out on Twitter at No Guts, No Galaxy. And, of course, thank you to everyone. Our community, this TS3 community, which, by the way, is very, very unique. It's, uh, it's even more so different than a lot of the others out there. And, of course, to our staff members and new staff members first, I want to. Uh, I should have done this earlier. Maybe we've got intro two, time. We have two new members. I don't know why I didn't do this earlier. Maybe yeah, because you're anyways, a flake. I am. Uh, we have Aaron, who is helping. Most of you guys know him as Aegis Cleus. Yes, Aegis Cleus is now part of No Guts No Galaxy. He's actually shaping up the new website, and oh my god, it is freaking awesome. So it's a uh, beautiful masterpiece. Yes, our magnum opus, if you would. I think even George might have nice fond words for it yeah and we're not going to be doing website redesigns every few months we're doing this because uh we have an opportunity to take advantage of somebody that has immense skill in the design area so we're going to thank you Aegis. yes Aegis cleus in the live studio audience and then who else phil we 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 have a new uh another member as well i don't know if that member is here but his first name is ken and uh he's part of clan wolf and he's actually going to be helping us kick off our animated series yes you heard that right series and you guys are going to love it love it so not only are we doing the multiple podcasts and the comic and the you know the youtube channel and the twitch but now we're going to be bringing you an animated series that's right will it feature bad cgi (laughs) it's not cgi i'm reading what phil's writing is it battle tech time All right, guys, check out this video. This is just a quick 19-second preview of basically sort of what we're going for. Obviously, more details to come as follows. I think you guys will enjoy it. It's the Watchful Cicada. So go ahead, give that quick watch, guys. And, of course, this link will be posted in the show notes. And I'd like to give a quick thank you to the following Mech Warriors for their donations to NGNG. Joey, Samuel, Andrew, Jonathan, Glenn, Ryan, Jesse, David, James, Ken, Adam, Jeremy... And anyone I missed, we appreciate you. Getting a lot of positive feedback about that video. I think it's awesome. He approached us. It'll be a great addition to No Guts, No Galaxy. And obviously, this sky's the limit. So again, we'd like to say thank you to everyone out there. It's crazy to see where we've came in, sheesh, a year and a half. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got freaking Randall Bills. Randall Bills. Right I think he's here. still here. I'm still, still here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you it's like that? It's fun little... just listening to you guys. Did you like that little clip? Did you watch that right now? Actually, where did you post that again? I was actually trying to hunt it down. If, I missed if it. you're on if you're on TeamSpeak three, at the very bottom you'll see there's a tabs and yeah. one says studio nine PM Eastern recording. If you click yep. that, Darren just linked a YouTube link. If you click that it'll open in your browser. Got it, there we go. Yeah, I'm watching it now. And of course this is just a little sample of you know the direction where this this was not a production by NGNG. Um, so the stuff that we will be releasing soon will be 
uh, more of a production by us. So it'll be really cool because we'll have some transitioning characters, Never Noob in the animated series, maybe even some, you know, Jackapult stuff. And anyways, thank you again, Ken and uh, Aaron, for basically reaching out to us. Well, and I reached out to Aaron because I saw his awesome work too. So thank you again for what you're doing and your contribution to no guts and galaxy so this was your local no guts no galaxy mechware podcast we hope you enjoyed tonight's show this was phil this is darren this has been brandon also known as catcher Kel. this is craig this is randall until next time mech warriors it'd be best if you avoid me but i know you probably can't you sense something is wrong with me you can feel it on my skin but there is more with it. Maybe I can be closer now, but I don't know how. Please help me remove my metal skin. My metal skin. My metal skin. And the wires Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot